LaSalle, Tom Gola, man. We talked about a great player years ago. We are now joined by Mike Jensen um, from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mike, thanks for coming on and uh, giving us a few minutes. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. So you're our second like guest to come on the podcast, but I really Who's feel, first. I really feel like I just oh, you like that was my punchline. So like, <laughs> I feel like you're really the first guest because you know our first guest went to St. Joe's, and uh, I feel like you're the real you're the real guest. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't go to St. Joe's or LaSalle, so I don't know where that puts me in the second. <laughs> All right, no. Yeah, I feel like St. Joe's obviously recently, you know, they ended LaSalle's basketball season. The Hawks, you know, retired the, the baseball season. And I guess coincidentally, hopefully, um, the Sixers were able to take care of business against the Atlanta Hawks. The <laughs> Hawks. Yeah. Um, so, with, with that kind of said, what do you think is the current state of cl- collegiate athletics, you know, with another baseball team in the city kind of, um, you know, shutting down? Well, I mean, that if, if you're going there, if you're going big picture finances of yeah. colleges outside the Power Five, the ones that print money and everyone else is like, look, is starved for cash. Right. I mean, it's, it, it's tough, tough, tough all over. I mean, that, you know, you guys know better than me that, there are no good answers. So you're yeah. looking for the least bad answers. Uh, and you can't, never mind, you can't have everything. You can, you almost can only pick one thing. So if LaSalle University, which has been trying to build, you know, improve its basketball facility for the past 77 years, you know, <laughs> if, if, if that's actually coming to fruition, I mean, we're seeing the very real costs of that. And, you know, there's no more baseball team. There's a title nine lawsuit um, where uh, the the, the top title nine attorney in the country has been hired uh, or at least has been, you know, in in some form is representing a volleyball player or two or more in a class action threat of a lawsuit uh, that is still ongoing. Uh, And, you know, all, all, all the rest, that's, that's, that's college athletics today. Yeah. You, you yeah. talk about St. Joe's Hawks. I mean, they just merged with the University of Sciences, which means in a year, the University of Sciences, a proud Division II program will cease to exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, on that upbeat note, what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, a, I feel like a heck of a start. Um, I don't know. I feel like you just covered, you know, I know, like, I feel like another reason we wanted to have you on here was because, you know, I think back in like late March, April, you wrote that four part series on, you know, the struggles of like the big five and the arenas and conference alignment and the transfer portal. Um, so I guess, I don't know, you did mention the arena, you know, the dire, um, you mentioned you know, the Tom Gold arena. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, because I know you wrote a piece on that and that was primarily the uh, main point of the article was, um, do you think it's more likely for them to um, do a renovation or um, 
a new arena altogether? Because I know you mentioned the Glazer font. So I'm kind of curious what uh, what you would say to that. It was quite clear to me. And I think that's what I tried to get across was that uh, renovation is the current plan. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've, I mean, er every play, you know, LaSalle, name a plan, they can probably pull it out of a drawer, right? Yeah. Uh, but the current focus seems to be on exactly that and seems to be turn turn the court uh, perpendicular, uh, get get crowds on all sides, uh, and and then not necessarily build a separate practice facility, um, but make that make it as good as you can using the money you have from that that Glazer gift. And for people unaware, I don't know if you guys have talked about it. So, and this was kind of genius. There was a uh, a, a gift and a will from a from a uh, a strong LaSalle booster, uh, Glazer um, Candy Company, Hatboro. I want to remember. I thought it was like Stutz's. Stutz's, and uh, his gift had an expiration point that is rapidly approaching. Ten years. He, I mean, he was about to That's die. Nice. He did. He was still impatient that. LaSalle would not take care of business here. Do it by now. Yeah, right. That's smart. Very, it was very smart. And it's it's going to get it done. And his money, by the way, obviously wouldn't get enough done by itself. Of course. But you don't want to lose that cash. So I think I think that's where they're where they're going. And, okay. and all these things fit together, by the way. So if you have a volleyball team, uh it's it's harder to have. You might need an ex. You know, might need more practice court time for basketball, for instance, and might need something separate. But without a volleyball team, all of a sudden you have more practice, dedicated practice time for the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team, where they can walk in and 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 the baskets be down and not be bothering the that, volleyball team. That's a really so good is, point. And and it's it's kind of sad. I mean, in a yeah. way, because in, on on the face of it, of course you want a volleyball team and course you want a baseball team but all these things each piece of the puzzle you know either that's, fits or doesn't fit together that's a good point i feel like when we attended LaSalle university the gola arena was for everybody including students we could walk in there anytime and just shoot around and that didn't feel right i think the baseball team would play in, or like practice yeah. there'd be a pitching net uh, up and and that that arena was multi-purpose to like yeah. extraordinary yeah. degree and definitely cannot work if they build a new a, a nice new place that they got to keep it basketball centric if they want to build up the program and if they're starting there and unfortunately and i went to a school where the same thing we played intramurals on the court where where the team played okay. and that was no huge thing and i went to an sec school um that has you know i went, I went to bandy and they okay, that's good they would, okay that's good school they would lose to a lot of games to teams but they would be competitive with those teams yeah but at the time that was okay in fact i, mean, I don't know if you know vandy it, it's got the weirdest court in america that is a bizarre court. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and the reason they did that was so we could play in their murals so they could have uh -huh. three courts across so it could be a multifunctional place uh that that's the reason it's so funky that's a big and, deal wow but that's okay. that's that makes that's sense like, now. And it's 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 like talking about something from the 1930s. Now, yeah. if you don't have Temple has a dedicated practice spot, Villanova's got a practice spot. Let me put it this way: if I believe that uh, if Villanova didn't have a practice spot, 
Jay Wright, he might be at Kentucky, he might be at Oklahoma, he might be in the NBA. He would not be at Villanova. There were, there That's, were huge. Been, That's huge. No, I mean, he was able to, to use the leverage of previous successes to get that built uh, there. Here, they're not going that far. You know, different uh, deal. So I, I, I think I think it's happening. I didn't detect that there okay. was an ounce of BS from Brian Baptiste or anybody yeah. else that whether this might or might not. not that's, a, yeah. that's a good sign. My, my initial thought with obviously the coronavirus and the many, many issues that are going on in collegiate athletics, not to mention LaSalle has an interim president. We haven't found a permanent president right now. Our, our right. previous president is off to Xavier. So do Correct. you think any of those things could hinder this, this deadline? Do you think? We could all hinder it, but again, uh, a multi-million dollar gift with, that is going to explode also right. Right. has everyone's attention. So, I mean, these are board level decisions mm -hmm. and in many ways for LaSalle, it's an apple pie issue. We must have this. And, and they're not, I mean, I was dragged into an office in 2013, let's say summer, and was was basically ordered to write that there was going to be a new arena, you know, coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we are. What are, what are, what do we get? Eight years later. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so all of you have every reason to be, you know, at, at least question anything That's that the school suggests, but I, I think it's real. And I think, and by the way, clearly Brian took the job, he said, and was brought to LaSalle because this was his expertise at Northwestern. He was yeah. in charge of the same as Mark Jackson was brought to Villanova because he had done a Coliseum renovation, uh, huge job at USC. Uh, you know, th this is, this is, Job one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten at LaSalle right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy uh, that you say that because I know like our senior year, like we graduated in 2013, like they had plans then to, you know, make the port the court perpendicular. Like I remember they had plans for that. And then the fact that now it's, you know, 2021, eight of ten years, I know, you know, before the gift expires and they're I mean, that's gonna be the solution. It's like so what has changed? Like, I feel like. I think at your time, that was the easy one that they should have just taken the layup yeah. instead of convincing themselves that they were going to be able to build a new place or, okay. or something like that. They should have just taken. Now that said, it would feel old quickly. You know, things happen. And the same thing. I mean, I started out the piece. When I was doing Future of the Big Five, I kind of, instead of doing it by school, I did it by issue, but then I attached a school to each issue. And LaSalle, the obvious one, was to, to, to write about facilities, but I started it by saying Tom Gola came with them a plan, with a plan yeah. down the hill, yeah. Yeah. Um, for, for, you know, and someone had seen the plans back in, in early 1990s. So when the, the Lionel era of, of, of Speedy Ball, you know, hit and was successful, they thought, let's do it. So it's it just, it never ends for you all. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so I feel like we're in like a topic of basketball. And, you know, last season was, you know, the COVID season, not many fans in the stands. And obviously, you know, Jay Wright is the, you know, the pillar of the coaches, you know, no Martelli, you know, Cheney's not there. I mean, even Dumphy's not there anymore. You know, a whole kind of 
new um, big five landscape. And uh, one of your articles is obviously um, like, how does their, you know, get buzz back in the, in the big five. Um, so I know you mentioned like a, um, you know, like a double header or like a tournament that could kind of um, create some buzz. So how do you think, you know, the big five, is it really ever going to get back to the heyday? Like when really was the heyday of the big five? Like when you say 30, 35 years ago? Longer. I've been at the Inquirer <laughs> exactly. 33 years. I always point out when everyone, somebody gets nostalgic about the double headers yeah. of the cluster, I'm like, I've been at the Inquirer for 33 years. It was gone then. Yeah. So, so really we're talking 50 years ago. We're talking that the heyday was the 70s. And, and it was, you know, and LaSalle might've been on top of the, that heyday with Ken Durrett and those Larry Cannon, the, the Patty Taylor, that whole team, don't be playing. That, that was like the epicenter because, you know, Villanova was getting to the national championship game. Penn was right there with them. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and still, and Temple won the NIT when the NIT meant something because only one team per league was getting there. That was all overlapping uh, the same, same players who would go on to the NBA. So, okay, that was the heyday. Fifty years ago, uh, so <laughs> so you know now and, and have there been high points? I mean, you know, I mean, a couple national championships for the Big Five, not so not bad. bad. No, you know, no. <laughs> John Cheney, Hall of Famer, not so bad. You know, I mean, I've 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 covered final eight teams myself uh, from three of the five Big Five schools. Right? Sorry, LaSalle, but 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 a Sweet Sixteen team. I was there we'll in take it. We'll take it. Was, yeah. yeah. Right. No. And that was huge. Uh, oh, absolutely. It, it, it was, it was, it was it, but it was huge. Uh, and who am I missing? Penn has not gotten out of, the, they've won one game in the nineties. I was covering that team too. I was actually the beat writer for the Quakers back in the nineties, okay. Alan Matt Maloney. But since then they have not gotten past the first round, but so heyday, I mean, it varies. I mean, right now, you know, Villanova's on some other stratosphere, you know, Villanova's, you know, Duke wishes they were Villanova, not Villanova wishes they were Duke, right? That's, what, that's yeah. what we're talking about right now. Hey, with Coach K retiring, Jay still got, you know. Yeah, uh, and, and Villanova people say, yeah, whatever. K retired, you know. So yeah. so who's number two now? You know, that, I mean, they're arrogant enough to think that way, right? <laughs> oh, those can, Noah people. <laughs> we can say that. We know those people. Right. Uh, but, but they're right, uh, you know, in terms of recent success. So the rest of it, everyone is struggling often for different reasons. And, and, you know, so one of the pieces was who's in the right league are, are any of these teams other than, than Villanova and Penn in, in the right league, Penn's in the right league of the Ivy league. That's and a big question. question. Yeah. That's a huge big question. question. And, and all of them question it themselves. You know, LaSalle's had that question ever since it <laughs> left the pack and, and let's tie in facilities, by the way, thinking they could have just kept dominating the Mac because they were in the Mac is also false because I've been to Quinnipiac. They have nice facilities. I mean, really <laughs> nice facilities. I mean, a lot of these places have, have kept up with the Joneses. So who knows? I mean, you don't just automatically go to one of those leagues and just dominate on the face of it. You, you still have to be putting crazy resources in, into the sport. Right. So back to the tournament, the, I think the coaches, they, they don't get to vote on it, such a thing. But I think I, I know there's a lot of support for such a thing. 
uh, among big five men's coaches. I think the women's side is, is okay. I got a different idea for the women's side. I got a tournament idea for the women's side, but I think their round robin is good for the men. It's just, what is it? And I mean, I, I you know, I pointed out one of the pieces like, okay, LaSalle plays St. Joe's. Do you guys know which one's the big five game? I mean, does it matter? I, I don't know. <laughs> Not I mean, really. They play twice in, in the league and, and the rest of it, it's just kind of, it's just kind of there and it's perfunctory. Um, yeah, Villanova crushed it when they, when Raleigh said, we're only going to play two. Um, a tournament has a lot of win-win parts of it, a city six, but as John Giannini was my guest witness for that tournament piece, he had a great point. Still call it the big five. I mean, the big 10 yeah, is yeah. 10, you know, the big 12 doesn't have 12. He's ex- it's a really good point. Just call it the big five tournament. Yeah, Drexel's in it too right now. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so we'll, we'll see about that. And you know, not for this year. You know, I, I like that idea. And then I know you in like that piece you said like two teams will get a buy. So I'm curious, like maybe you know the teams will get a buy depending on um, you know their record against those other big five teams. But I guess it'd be different if they played a tournament because they're only playing two or three games. So I know you were talking about possible solution of how um, like they would get seeded and what two teams would get, I guess, the buys. Yeah, I mean, the easy solution that seems equitable is to just to take the season before's computer ranking okay. um, and, yeah, and, yeah. Just, and just go there. And that's, okay, you can't fault Villanova for getting a buy if every year yeah. if, if they have the top ranking. And then whoever has the second best ranking gets the buy and then the, you play the other games Accordingly, I, I don't no. see that as a bad solution at all. Because it really, I mean, you're helping. One of the points of that story was, okay, Villanova, the Big East has added a couple schools. Now they're up to 20 league games. So they're under these pressure. And Jay Wright does not want to be the bad guy in the city. He does yeah. not. He, he learned the lessons of Raleigh. He doesn't want to wear the black hat. Mm-hmm. But if you told him, we're going to play a tournament, you only have to play two games, he's like, I'll, I'll sign up for problem. it. I'll I sign up for it now. Yeah, they sign up, but but they're not the only ones. Now, some of them, for instance, St. Joseph's University over there on City Line Avenue. I mean, the Holy War is a big game for them, oh, and so so in past years, I was told that was a little bit of a hangup for you know SJU did not want to lose you know the every other year game at home and and, and that rivalry game because oh, there are no guarantees on that, and there's not an easy fix you can't just say oh well we'd have you in there half of the bracket nah you know i don't know what the solution is that's a big game for the south too mm-hmm. uh, you lose you know there has to be enough money there has to be enough gate revenue in this or tv money added on um for all these schools to be willing to give up the every other year villanova comes in and fills our gym you know you can't discount wow. not to mention it doesn't help our, their strength of schedule if you look at LaSalle and St. Joe's who have obviously been struggling in the past few years, it's really not much of a boost. Uh, you're literally, Nova would literally be doing it for the city and for like PR. At least that's what but, it feels but like. They're taking four of those games, turning it into two. So it would actually help their computer ranking because oh, they, they would have their choice of either, they could either play, you know, a buy game of teams that are even lower or okay. they could, more likely they would go play Baylor or Texas on a neutral court on national television and up their computer ranking. So I think it'd be a little better. Like I never bought 
when the Big Five was was rolling more and Villanova says, we can't play these games, these are too tough. That was the argument then and the other way. And I was like, really? You'd rather play American and UNC Wilmington, you know, in Delaware than play four Big Five games that prepare you? It was faulty. It, it was it was bad logic on, the, on yeah. their part. Um, and, and and it didn't hold water. And it, and it and it wasn't Jay. It was it was actually Steve Lapis who brought it back yeah. to four, um, and and that was stronger. So, you know, I, I think I'm, I, you know, let's face it, Villanova really doesn't have to worry about whether the strength of schedule is strong enough to get in the NCAA tournament. You know, if if you know they're they're nah, they're, they're okay. Right. They're um, good. But for <laughs> everyone else, the revenue part's important. And you, and you actually don't want to lose such things as, you know, having a, a, a good, strong Big Five schedule as part of your out-of-conference out of schedule. I have a question. Um, as it relates to the city in general, all the six schools, you, you cover all of them so, like, so well. Uh, you have an understanding, you have a pulse, I would say, <laughs> overall, all of Philadelphia. As LaSalle fans, Rich and I, I don't know, maybe we just dwell more on the negatives. We see a lot of stories that pass through. And is it because we're following the school closely that we see these negative things? Or is LaSalle a school that has more work to do compared to the other schools? What, what, do you, what are your thoughts on just LaSalle as we stack up to the other City Six? And like we, we just paint it in a different light because we're fans and we're going to follow and we maybe see more of the bad stuff. Do you mean but, on the court or off the court? Do you mean the whole the picture whole or do you mean whole. where they stand? I mean, you're not wrong when you, again, we're sorry to talk about facilities, Yeah, but you guys spent more cumulative time there in your four years than I probably have in, in my 33 years. So, so, you know, you're the experts on what kind of place a sal is, but to your, to your point, I kind of have been everywhere. It's a high school gym. And, you know, yeah. you're going to bring a recruit into that place. And I, I never remember what floor I'm on. I'm always confused. I mean, you want to go swimming? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I can find the pool because that's down. <laughs> but then, but I'm always confused. Is the locker room up or down? Is the basketball office up or down? I never, I, I can find the press room and then the court from the press room. But then if I'm going in that other corner, I never remember whether I'm going up. Or down. Uh, and it's just, it's just an old school. I, yeah. I can't imagine it was perfect the day it was built. Uh, yeah. And so, so, so in answer to the question, yeah, it's, it's, it just doesn't hold water compared. Let me put it this way. I've been to Newman university division three. They don't dominate division three. They made the NCAA tournament five years ago. Newman would not trade with LaSalle. Okay. For, for a facility. They, they built uh, a new uh, facility about five years ago, and they would not trade with LaSalle. I, I, I know that for a fact. Um, so on that front, it is what it is. Now, on the court, you know, they, they I, I'm, I'm, you know, color me crazy, but I, I would buy some stock in LaSalle this year. I mean, okay. you know, I think they We'd can, like to hear that. You know, I, I think they can be a very competitive. I'm not, I'm not picking them for the tournament, but <laughs> I, I think they're, they can be an upper level A10 team this year. I mean, because now you can't call them a young team. And, and yeah. they sort of have, 
I don't know if they have all the parts. You might say one more pure shooter in the mix would be really nice, but they, they, they do fill all the positions with guys who know how to play basketball and, and work to play basketball. So I, I'm, I, I, I think uh, this should not be a bad year for, for, for LaSalle to me. This feels like a prove it year for Ash. Um, Rich and I are kind of obviously accounting for his resume and we, we, we know the past, we know his past success, but this is a whole mm -hmm. different animal. There's, there's a few more years here that he really has to prove what he's got. And with all these returning players, that's what we see. We see this is a big prove it year. Um, and, and if not this year, then next year kind of thing. But I, I, I kind of feel like we're talking hot seat at the end of this season, if it doesn't go our way, but uh, you know, me, I'm trying to stay positive, but I, I, yeah. I want to know if you echo those sentiments. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't say hot seat this year. No, so, no, no, no. So, so, you know, that's the sort of ladder that you get as a coach, right. Where you get a prove a year than a hot seat year. And to me, what I like about this team is sometimes, you know, a junior year is the, is the best year for a lot of players. Uh, it can, it can vary and, and transfers, everything's crazy. So who, who even knows what year anybody is anymore, but this team, I mean, Brickus is an old sophomore because he was an old freshman, because he was an old high school player. He knows how to play the game of basketball. So, uh, so yeah. he's, he's a, he's a, just an old man game in a quick body. So, you know, which is a really nice combination. Uh, and, you know, Kenny can play at both ends of the court. Uh, you know, so you need, if Jack Clark can break out, that's, that's you've got, huge. You've got these juniors, right? You've got Ray, Clark, Kenny, who are juniors. Clifton Moore, I guess, isn't he a junior? I mean, how many years has he played college basketball? What, what's the math on that? Like, he uh, would be. Does he have two more or does he have one more? Like, be, like he, I think he would be a senior. But... He'd be a senior, except everyone's, there are no seniors. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> exactly. would be a senior, yeah. but because of the. Because of COVID. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you got them, you got, you know, Gil, who showed me plenty of times that, hey, he can be a, a force. So, you know, we'll see what the transfers, we'll see if, if you know, if Josh Nickelberry is Ramon Galloway, then you're really, <laughs> something, you know. That's a, that's a, high, that's a high standard. Don't tease us. High standard. That's, yeah. that's the highest. Goal of standard. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the highest transfer standard there is because he got, yeah, yeah. got you to a sweet game. And, Amazing. And it doesn't happen without him leading. I made that after 2013. Here's, the, here's one of the stupider things I ever analyzed. I said, <laughs> you know, when Ramon had bad games, you guys lost, right? And it, and it was pretty much true in 2013. So you're taking away those bad games without me factoring in. It's like, yeah, those good games that they won, like those 25 games were because of Ramon. You know, it, it, it was just tremendous. Yeah. There were, you know, there were seven different reasons that team was really good, uh, but he was the first of those seven. So, you know, not trying to, put too much on Nickelberry, but each person who has come in after Ramon Galloway, that's almost this transfer standard. So is he, yeah. is he Galloway? Is he yeah. We haven't had good luck that with is, our transfers. Uh, BJ, BJ was good. BJ yeah. was good. Yeah. If BJ was on that Jordan team, Price. he'd have been 
tremendous part of that team. Oh, yeah. You know, so it 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 varies. And and so Mamadou, the guy coming from Rutgers, okay, let's analyze this this way. You lose Kimbrough, and Rutgers doesn't take Kimbrough. Rut- and Kimbrough probably thought when he sort of half announced on the bus riding home from the A10 tournament, he was going to transfer and then did it the next day. <laughs> he was probably, he probably thought he was going to Rutgers and I'm not trying to kill him, but that was the reality of what was going on. And then that didn't happen. So then I hear that he sort of said, well, I'll come back to LaSalle and LaSalle at that point, you know, one foot out the door, you're, you're out the yeah, door. Yeah. So he's at Hartford and he's going to kill it at Hartford. He's going to, you know, he's going to be really good at Hartford. Uh, that's a great pickup for Hartford. But you replace him with a guy who couldn't quite get on the court. Rutgers started as a freshman, but, you know, limited minutes, limited numbers. Well, as your backup center in the A-10, that's fine. So I, I, I'm not saying you've upgraded, but I'm saying you have probably haven't downgraded either for somebody who's out there with, with Clifton Moore. Yeah, I kind of feel for Jared because, you know, he's going to Hartford and, you know, they go to D3, so – you know, he leaves D one going to D three. So well, not but, yet, not yet. They're they're not they're oh, not they're, they're not playing D three basketball this year. Oh, it, okay. It, okay. It's like this slow. No, no. He's he's playing. He'll play D one basketball for Hartford. That that that's a that's. Oh, a, okay. All right. I know that. Yeah, I, I'm not okay. sure which year they start, but it, it won't, oh. I don't think it'll be during his time. And if mis- am I mistaken? Does our friend Tracy Carter still have another year? I think he does. Tracy Carter. Everyone has another year, yeah. right? So I don't know. Is Tracy Carter going there, or is he joining David Beatty at North Carolina, or is he? Uh, I, I I I don't know what. I don't remember that Tracy Carter was staying there, but he could. Everyone can, you know. Yeah. Wow. Unreal. I I really hope this is a successful season. Uh, we got a few more minutes left. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about. You covered LaSalle a lot. What was the big moments? of covering LaSalle like what was like the highest point following LaSalle basketball or writing about them that most memorable let's call it that well for 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 me because I was not in Kansas City uh in 2013 I had I'm trying to remember who I was covering I, I had one of the other local teams in that first round so I wasn't in Kansas City for the Southwest Philly floater. I did go to Iceland to write about Tyrone Garland afterwards. Oh yeah, but, I forgot about that article. That was a good but, piece. Uh, it, it was that such was amazing. A, he was great. He was just fantastic. And and but that year, being in the room when you remember when they were, they did not know if they were going to make the tournament. So you're you rarely get drama on Selection Sunday, uh, and that was real drama. And and I remember just being sort of in a corner of the room, looking at, you know, trying to be able to see Janini and, and, and that was going to be my, my, my column. And it, and it was, and it, that was, that that was a high point. Cause I, cause man, there there are not too many times that are exactly that. So, so for an off the court time, that, that would be it. Cause I was not, I, I mean, I did see one of those, Lionel versus Loyola. I, I, you know, I got to the Civic Center. I, I oh, was at the Enquirer then, but I was covering high school, so I, so I was in, in the crowd. So I caught some of that, and you know, and was uh, just caught covered random LaSalle games at at at, at that point. And that era was 
was pretty good. So, you know, then it was almost like, you know, not skip straight to 2013. I mean, you, you, there was plenty of good basketball and you had Donnie Carr and Rasul Butler and some really good basketball players there. But as far as high points, you know, you, you could probably could skip from one to the other. All right. Go ahead, Rich. Uh, all right. No, I had a question before you asked this one. So I know you were kind of talking about, you know, um, you know, Ramon Galloway and some, I mean, they were transfers, but um, from, you know, power five schools, but I know they were, they, you know, they play high school ball in Philly. And my kind of question is, cause I know, I think you were an arc about this. I think it was at least a piece of it. How do you keep some of these, you know, talented high school players in Philly going to, you know, the local schools? Cause I feel like you see them, you know, going to, you know, some of them are going to, you know, big time high schools like ING Academy, you know, my bird. Do you think that's how it is now? You know, might have mentioned it about some of these schools having um bigger facilities and these kids you know that's what they're looking for so do you think that'll continue to happen yeah it's so hard right now the bells and whistles when you you know i talked to a parent of a player said listen i mean virginia they have personal sleep chambers in the locker room and they're luxury (laughs) apartments at, at maryland and seton hall has all these bells and whistles i mean it's not just you know it's not just Alabama football. They, they all yeah. have these things. And plus, you know, the cities, if, if, if you've grown up in the city and you get a chance to get out, you might be doing that. And, yeah. and you might come back for sure. And, and that's, the coaches are always cognizant of that. And, and you know, Janini was one of those guys who made sure that he didn't leave on a bad impression of guys because he, he might catch them coming back. But I, John Cheney told me, I covered Cheney for a long time, and he said, when somebody leaves the city for high school, I know I'm not getting them back for college. And, and he was specifically talking about Mustafa Shakur just literally crossing City Line Avenue to Friend Central. That's all he meant. Uh, it's like, you know, wow. if, if they weren't staying at their city high school, I'm not getting them. Um, so it's a tough thing, and, and yeah. you know, now the the big five is surrounded by the big 10 network. Uh, no small thing. And you go up there in Penn State, Rutgers, Maryland, you're surrounded by bigger facilities, big, 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 and take them to a football game, take them up to Penn State, there are 100,000 people going around. You know, it, it's not easy. So then it comes back to Josh Nickelberry. He's like, yeah, seen that, been there, done that. I want to play. Yeah. Um, and, and, that's why the transfer market and the transfer portal exists. Uh, and LaSalle can, can benefit that. So they got two guys who, who, who want to play ball and neither one it's possible. Maybe neither one of those guys even starts, but now you have a full Atlantic 10 rotation. Um, yeah. I think so. Ash has done a decent job recruiting um, overall. There, there's room for improvement always, but that's what he kind of touted when he came in. That was kind of his thing. So hopefully it pans out and hopefully we see some more guys come in as the seasons progress. But uh, we've got about four minutes left on our, on our zoom call here. Rich, do you have any final questions or thoughts? Um, no, I was just going to say, like, I know Mike was saying that, um, you know, LaSalle could, you know, could be kind of decent this year. I was just saying like, I wonder, you know, because if they do well this year, they should um, be returning a 
key, a lot of key, like a lot of key guys the following year, if they're like, you know, a year away from being a year away, you know, because, you know, Kenny's a junior, you know, um, Clark, he's a redshirt junior with all the eligibility because, but I feel like in the A-10, there's so many moving parts, um, especially Bonaventure, you know, they have a lot of seniors, um, I guess extra years, but I feel like if they can make a step forward this year, then I think the following year they can, you know, make an additional step. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is I would say is sometimes the year away from being a year away, sometimes that's the year. Sometimes <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know, that's true. Sometimes that's where all the energy is. These guys have played enough college basketball. They're not tired of it. They're not looking one eye out the door thinking it's time to make some money, et cetera. They're not playing for their next job. They're just playing for LaSalle to be good. So I say that and, and it, 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 sometimes you need that extra person thrown in the mix. You know, some, somebody who's like, Ooh, look at who is that? You know, if, if they get that next year, that X factor guy, I mean, the column I wrote when they lost St. Joe's that day, it was like, they didn't have that guy. They have right. every one of these guys who start for LaSalle are good enough for, to start for an A-10 championship team. Any one of the last 10 years, I'll argue. Every one of them. They're, you got A-10 players, but you still need a guy. So, you know, is Clark ready to be a guy? Is Kenny ready to be a guy? I mean, Brick is, is, is you see what Brick is, has. He's, he's not going to be a 27-point game guy. You don't even want him to be that guy. But is, is Nickelberry able being that? No idea. D yeah, don't know. Don't, don't you know, know. Only, only seen, you know, limited highlights from, from limited play. Don't know. Um, and I mean, because if he was really that good, wouldn't he be transferring to Indiana? Um, so who, who, who knows? But again, yeah. it's possible that you're right, that all these guys could be back next year. Um, health is a huge factor, as we've seen Clark and others. Uh, and then they add somebody else to the mix and then, yeah, they could, they can take it up to another level and actually be one of the couple of favorites in the A-10. One thing I know for sure is that we all get to be in the building at the glorious Tom Gola arena, maybe a sold out crowd, maybe one fourth <laughs> filled crowd for a big five game of some sort. And, uh, we'll probably see you there, Mike. Thanks for, thanks for your time. And yeah, this really appreciate Thank you so much. So yeah, yeah. Fun. It was great talking with you. And uh, we'll definitely see you at the, at the Gola. We'll, uh, we'll reconnect then. And uh, The glory that is the Gola, as we've <laughs> made clear. Right. Maybe go for a swim afterwards. Thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs> <laughs>